Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. episode 290 of real life ghost stories and i have one spooky story for you today and our story comes from john and was sent in on april the 7th 2023 i am a two foot three inch tall three thousand five hundred pound man but in the mid 90s i was just a six foot tall skinny 16 year old boy and that is where my story takes place all kidding aside this truly is about one of the most terrifying nights of my life And every bit of it is as true as I can remember. I grew up in Southern California in the San Bernardino Mountains in a town called Lake Arrowhead. It's a close neighbour of the town of Big Bear which is well known for its excellent ski resorts during the winter. The mountains are beautiful and full of dense evergreen forests. Anyway, I'm not here to sell you real estate so I'll get to it. When I was 16 years old, my brother was staying at his friend's house for a week to take care of his friend's dog. Something came up at the last minute and he couldn't stay at the house for one of the nights. So he asked if I could stay the night and watch the dog for him. I had recently received my driver's license and was always looking for an excuse to hop in my rickety old car and drive anywhere. Also, 16-year-old me thought watching a cute dog, having a house to myself with no parents and doing whatever the hell I wanted for a night sounded pretty awesome and I agreed. My brother gave me the key to the house and wrote down some driving directions on a piece of paper. This was in the mid-90s, so Google Maps didn't exist yet and cell phones were still gigantic, expensive bricks and I certainly didn't own one of those. I just had to follow the directions and hope they got me to the right place. I worked at a restaurant at the time and I had to work until close, so it was probably close to 11pm by the time I finished my shift. I hopped in my car and headed out. The house was located in a place called Deep Creek. I'm not sure if Deep Creek is part of Lake Arrowhead or if it's technically its own town. But this was my first time venturing that way, so I wasn't sure what to expect. As I turned onto Deep Creek Road, it quickly turned from houses, gas stations and stores to just the road winding back and forth through the forest. It was so dark. There were no street lamps this way so I just saw trees lit by my headlights and the darkness beyond as I drove around corner after corner through dense forest. The sign for the street I needed to turn onto to get to the house was poorly marked and I almost drove past it. I stepped on my brakes, backed up my car and turned onto this street, only to be rewarded by more winding roads, trees and darkness. After a long while, the pavement ended and the road became a narrow, one-lane dirt road winding through the forest. The trees crowded both sides of the road and I couldn't avoid an occasional branch scraping the side or the top of my car. 
This is when I started thinking, what have I gotten myself into? I thought about turning around and going home, but I knew I couldn't because there was a dog that needed me to take care of it, and there was no way for me to reach my brother or his friend. There was also no room on the road to turn my car around. After what seemed like forever, the dark, dense forest opened into a small clearing, and the dirt road stopped just beside the house becoming its driveway. I got out of the car and nervously grabbed my stuff. It was so dark and the only sounds were the wind blowing and the trees rustling. There were no other houses around, I was completely alone. I unlocked and opened the front door and was immediately accosted by Ginger, an adorable, face-licking, tail-wagging golden retriever. Suddenly, everything was right with the world again and my fears vanished. There was a piece of paper on the kitchen counter that had quick instructions on feeding and caring for Ginger. I thought it was weird that they didn't leave a phone number for an emergency vet like people usually do, but it turns out they didn't even have a phone in this place. Lovely. The instructions also said to help yourself to any food or alcohol in the fridge and cupboards. Don't mind if I do. I made Ginger dinner and she eagerly ate it. Next, I leashed her up, grabbed a flashlight and took her outside for a nighttime potty. I didn't know where she normally did her business so I just followed her lead as she walked back up the road and into the dark forest. I didn't get very far when I started feeling uneasy. It was so dark. I was far from civilization, and literally anything could be watching or stalking me from the forest. Sure, I had a flashlight, but it only illuminated the trees on the edge of the dirt road and not any of the darkness just beyond. Quite literally, anything could be lurking there, and I wouldn't see it until it wanted to be seen. I had seen bears, coyotes and bobcats in these mountains before. What would I do if one attacked us? What if there was a killer with a knife just waiting for the right moment to cut my face off to wear as an accessory? What if the flashlight cut out? These thoughts flew through my head and I quickly freaked myself out. Ginger, on the other hand, didn't seem to have a care in the world. This was her home and she was used to it. She was just happy to have a companion with her. But after she did her business, I still quickly did a 180 and marched right back to the house, closed the door behind me, locked the deadbolt and latched the security chain. I was now safe and secure. I made myself some food and helped myself to the alcohol to, you know, take the edge off. At least that was how I justified it. I was 16, but I certainly wasn't a prude or a saint. The drinks did take the edge off and so did the second and so did the third. I was soon drunk and forgot all about my problems. I turned on the TV and started flipping channels. Then I settled on a horror movie because drunk me thought it was hilarious to watch something scary after I'd creeped myself out earlier. I don't remember what movie it was, but it was really pretty scary, and I thoroughly enjoyed watching it bundled up on the couch under the protection of blankets and ginger on the floor next to me. I watched for a while and then fell asleep. I don't know how long I'd been asleep when I was suddenly startled awake by ginger, who shot up on all fours and started growling at the front door, heckles raised. I was instantly awake with my entire body tingling and all hair standing on end. I was still drunk, but I now was at full attention. I hadn't heard any noises but the TV and the wind outside, both of which Ginger hadn't had any problems with. But now she was baring her teeth like she was ready for a fight. 
She ran to the front door, growling and barking, and I was freaked out. What the hell was going on? What the hell was outside? As quietly as possible, I creeped over to the front door and listened for any noise or sign of anything outside, but I heard nothing. Ginger continued to growl, and I couldn't get her to calm down, not with shushing, pleading, petting, or trying to entice her with treats. After some drunken deliberation with myself, I decided the only thing to do was to crack open the door and take a peek. If there was a bear or a bobcat out there, I wanted to know, but I would keep the security chain latched so I could peek outside without totally exposing myself. I slowly opened the door, just enough so I could see outside with one eye. The wind had picked up considerably and I could hear the trees rustling, but I didn't see anything but darkness. I opened the door a little bit more, but I still could see absolutely nothing. I turned the porch light off to let my eyes adjust to the darkness, but I still only saw darkness and now I couldn't see anything coming at me, so I flipped the light back on. I continued to stare outside like this for a minute, until I thought maybe there wasn't anything out there after all. Maybe Ginger had fallen asleep, had a nightmare and scared herself awake. But Ginger was still growling at something, so I had to make sure. I closed the door, removed the security chain and opened the door just enough so I could see outside with both of my eyes. But I still saw absolutely nothing but darkness. That's when Ginger seized the opportunity. Before I could react, she pushed her snout through the opening of the door and forced it open wide enough for her to get out. She took off running at full speed across the dirt driveway to the other side of the clearing and disappeared into the forest, still viciously barking at something I couldn't see. I didn't have time to think. I just had to get Ginger back safe and sound in the house. She was my responsibility and I was her guardian even if just for one night. In a panic I ran out the door and chased her into the dark forest. It was so dark and so windy. I hadn't thought to grab the flashlight, but I didn't have time to go back and get it. I just had to continue forward and get Ginger. I could hear her barking in the distance, but the trees were too thick to see much of anything. I kept running through the trees and their branches whipped and scratched my face and my arms. I screamed for Ginger, begging and pleading for her to come back. I heard her barks getting more and more distant until they disappeared altogether in the wind and the rustling trees. The last bark I heard from her sounded like it was a mile away. How was I ever going to get her back now? I didn't know what to do, so I just kept running. I blindly ran through the dark forest in a panic and only stopped when I finally realised that I was never going to find Ginger. I couldn't see her, I couldn't hear her, and I had no way to track her or figure out what direction she had run in. I stood there trying to catch my breath, calm down and decide what to do. But as the adrenaline wore off, the fear returned. I was standing alone in the dark, in the middle of the forest, and whatever Ginger was chasing could come back at any moment. I turned and started walking back the way I came. At least, I thought it was the way I came. It suddenly dawned on me that I had absolutely no idea where I was or which direction I had come. All I could see were trees and darkness. What if I couldn't find my way back? Even if I did find my way back, what would I do then? I couldn't call anyone for help since there was no phone, and being still drunk, I truly couldn't drive anywhere or I'd end up crashing into a tree. What the hell was I going to do? 
I thought back to when I first ran into the forest. The ground had sloped slightly downward. I decided the best course of action to find my way back was to keep following the slope upward and hope for the best. I continued pushing my way through the trees until I came to an area where the ground levelled out and then sloped upward into two separate directions. I had no idea which way to go so I followed the slope on the left. After a few minutes it felt wrong somehow so I turned around and headed back to the other slope. Somehow this way felt more familiar even though I didn't really know why. After walking for what felt like hours scraped up, worn out and thirsty I saw a glimpse of light through the trees. Did I make it back? I kept pushing forward towards the light source and stepped out of the trees and into the clearing. There was the house with its porch light on and there on the porch was that fucking dog just sitting there and wagging her stupid tail just happy as shit to see me. I was so angry but I was alive and so was Ginger and that's really all that mattered. We went inside and I locked all the locks. I thought to myself if I could make it through the ordeal I could make it through the night as long as whatever was out there stayed out there. If Ginger needed to poop that stupid dog could just lay one out on the floor. I decided to watch some more TV to calm myself down and get my head in a better place. My mind was still reeling from what had just happened and I knew I wouldn't be able to sleep for quite a while. I made some popcorn and headed over to the couch. The couch in front of the TV faced away from a sliding glass door and I decided that I didn't want anything watching me from the darkness beyond, so I walked over to the door and closed the curtains. I looked down just beyond the door in the corner of the room, and there was a small piece of rope on the carpet. I was thinking how weird and random it was as I walked over and picked it up, but it was attached to the floor. I tugged on the rope and it pulled open a trapdoor built into the floor that I hadn't seen before. I looked down into the opening and saw a spiral staircase leading down into the pitch blackness to another level of this house that I didn't even know existed. What the hell? There were no light switches around where I stood and I wasn't about to go down into the darkness to find one. I grabbed the flashlight, got on my hands and knees and pointed the flashlight down the stairs. It only illuminated a couple more steps and then was swallowed by the darkness. I leaned forward and stuck my head down into the trap door and shined the flashlight around to see if I could glimpse any hint of what was down there. But the beam seemed to just disappear into the void. Then I froze. In the darkness, the flashlight beam reflected off two small round objects. They looked just like eyes looking back at me from the darkness, making every hair on my body stand on end. A huge gust of wind hit the house and the entire structure groaned and that was the point that I noped out. I got up, slammed the trap door shut, pulled the couch on top of it and closed every curtain. I went into the bedroom, turned the lights on, laid down in the bed and pulled the blankets up over my head. I just wanted to fall asleep and go home in the morning. With the lights on in the bedroom I could ever so slightly see through the blankets. On the opposite wall, I could just make out the shape of the dresser with its oval-shaped vanity mirror on top. Next to it, just beyond the foot of the bed, was the open doorway. I had left it open for Ginger to reach for her food and water in the kitchen. But really, I wanted to be able to see anything approaching from the other room. 
Now, however, through the blanket, it was too dark outside the doorway to see anything. I lay there looking for any movement in the darkness and listening to the wind blowing around the outside of the house. My terrified brain tried to identify and justify every noise I heard, and my mind reeled. Did someone just tap on the glass? No, 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 it, it must just be the wind. Was that squeak the sound of a footstep on the hardwood floor? No, it's just the house settling. Did I just hear the couch in the family room slightly scrape across the floor? It couldn't be. Did that creak come from the trap door? I imagined the trap door slowly opening and two glowing eyes floating out of the inky blackness and slowly gliding through the house looking for where I was hiding. I lay there, shaking, petrified and motionless for what seemed like hours. Then, while staring at the darkness in the doorway through the blankets, I watched something, silently, enter the bedroom from the shadows. It was tall and dark, like it was made from the shadows themselves, and it slowly moved towards the bed. It stopped at my feet and I didn't dare to move. I didn't dare to make a sound. Then it seemed to bend over the bed like it was getting a closer look at me. I closed my eyes and lay there for what felt like an eternity. If I moved, it would get me. If I made a sound, it would get me. I was completely paralysed in fear and just lay there and waited for a gruesome end. Then I woke up the next morning. The wind was gone and I could see the sun shining behind the curtains. Did something really come into my room or was it a side effect of being drunk? I didn't think drinking caused hallucinations but who knows I was 16, young, dumb and full of inexperience. I made Ginger breakfast, took her outside to potty and drove away from that place. Even in the safety of daylight, 16-year-old me couldn't bring myself to look at what was under that trap door and down the spiral staircase. I've never really told anybody about that night. I didn't tell my parents because I didn't want them to know that I was drinking as a minor. I didn't tell my brother because I didn't want him to feel guilty that he had put his little brother into this situation. I didn't tell my brother's friend because I didn't want him to know that I almost lost his dog that night. I've also refrained from telling anyone else in case they think I'm a complete idiot for fearing a shadowy thing that may or may not have been there. I think throughout my life after that night I've actively tried not to think about it. In writing this down, the details have crept back slowly. I regret not looking under the trap door the next day. My brother and I are still in contact in our 40s and I recently asked him if he remembered the house. He said he did, so I asked him what was under the trap door. He told me he didn't even know there was a trapdoor. Around 2003, a fire ravaged that area and it's my guess that the house burned down, so unfortunately, I'll never know. Fast forward to my adult years. For the past 15 years or so, I've had sleep paralysis around 10 times. The first few times were absolutely terrifying because I didn't know what sleep paralysis was. One of the first times I had sleep paralysis, I woke up in the middle of the night and couldn't move anything but my eyes. I started to panic, desperately trying to move a hand or scream to my spouse, who was soundly sleeping in the bed next to me. But of course, I couldn't. In the darkness, I looked at my open bedroom door, trying to see if there was any movement from the inky blackness beyond. 
Then, not from the darkness in the hallway, but from the darkness behind the door, a shadow peeked its head around the door. I tried with all of my might to scream again with no success. It was hard to see it in the dark room, like black on dark, but I could just make it out, and I could tell that it was looking at me as it crept out from behind the door. It was very tall, very skinny, and of a humanoid shape, but it was all shadow. It slowly and silently moved over to the side of my bed, right next to me, and then slowly bent over me, like it was trying to get a closer look. I couldn't see any facial features, no eyes, no mouth, just blackness, and all I could do was lay there, paralysed and defenceless, and just stare back at it. The next thing I knew, I was gasping and able to move my limbs again, the shadow thing was gone, and I hysterically woke up my spouse to unload what had just happened. Only while writing this down and forcing myself to remember the details from the night in Deep Creek, I realised that the shadow thing experienced from that night felt just like the shadow thing experienced during my sleep paralysis as an adult. I now think that the night I stayed in that house as a teenager may have been my first time having sleep paralysis. I believe I was so terrified while hiding under the blankets that I fell asleep without realising it and then woke up with sleep paralysis. Since I was trying to stay still out of fear, I didn't realise that I wouldn't have been able to move even if I had tried. Well, it's definitely easier to chalk up my teenage experience to sleep paralysis instead of ghosts or demons. But then another possibility occurred to me while writing all of this and it just seems to fit uncomfortably well. What if sleep paralysis isn't just the mind waking up before the body? What if we are intentionally being paralysed in our sleep? by some force meant to keep us asleep and stuck still. Usually it works, but sometimes our sleeping minds detect that something is terribly wrong and they wake us up as a defence mechanism, only to find that our bodies are completely immobile. What if the shadow things are some kind of beings watching us while we sleep, and the shadow is their camouflage that allows them to blend in with the darkness? Do they just observe us? Or do they have to make sure we are unconscious before removing us from our beds? On the occasion that we wake up, do they just come in for a closer look? Or do they force us back to sleep until they're done? From what I hear, most people don't get sleep paralysis just once in their lifetime. It seems like once they experience it, they are prone to getting it for the rest of their lives. It makes me wonder if I was marked that first time as a teenager and every so often they come back to continue whatever it is they do. And what are they doing anyway? Observing us, stealing us from our beds, experimenting, I truly don't know. But I find myself thinking about this every night while I'm lying in the darkness, waiting to fall asleep. Wondering if tonight's the night that I'm going to get sleep paralysis again. John, this story had me looking over my shoulder while I was recording it. It gave me the heebie-jeebies, it gave me the chills. Honestly, in the beginning, when uh, Ginger ran out into the forest, I was like, John! Don't go after the dog. You're not going to make it. And then I thought you're going to get eaten by the in the forest. Maybe by the forest. And then I thought, how, well, how was he writing this email if he was eaten by the forest in the forest? And look, you know, sleep paralysis is a very real thing that happens to people all of the time. But so many sleep paralysis stories have a weird paranormal element. Like it only happens to certain people in one particular room. Or... People in the same family see the same entity in their sleep paralysis. I don't, I don't know. Like, yes, sleep paralysis is very real and it scientifically happens, right? But 
John, what if there is something more to sleep paralysis, okay? Also, if it was about sleep paralysis, what was in the basement? If there was something in the basement that was looking back at you, what was it? There are genuinely times where I feel like I'd love to live out in the wilderness in a little cottage by myself, like the old witch, the old hag that I am. But then I think every night would be like this for me. <laughs> I'd hear a noise in the forest. And I'd be like, great, that's it. I'm I'm going to die. I'm going to get eaten by something or some demon's going to come through my door. That's it. The end. It's over for me. And your your sleep paralysis, John, sounds absolutely terrifying with the little head peeping around the door and then this tall creature coming in and observing you while you're asleep. And you are asking the same question that I ask all the time. If sleep paralysis, shadow people, whatever they are, are there for a reason, what is the reason? What are you gaining from watching people while they are sleeping? Is it just curiosity? What are you examining? Tell me. This is the 10th time I've issued a call out on this podcast for a hat man or a representative of the shadow people to come on this podcast and explain your actions, please and thank you. Thank you so much to John for sending in your story. Remember, the last story came from April the 7th, 2023. And if you would like to send in your story, you can do so by emailing it to reallifeghoststoriespodcast.gmail.com. You can also check out the website reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. And if you are desperate for some extra content, you can subscribe to the Patreon. That is patreon.com forward slash stories, where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get access to heaps of extra content, as well as every single main and mini episode completely ad free. And on that note, I shall see you next time. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.